78? 77. 77. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Again, episode number three of the series, The Entrepreneurial Journey. We have a very special guest, Mark Carter. And the beer of the week, I think you're going to look forward to if you want to tell us about it. Me? That's your job. Well, I'm trying to share the Remember, wealth. when you get to this point, you <laughs> delegate. We talked about that the last episode. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. So we have uh, from Grand Armory Brewing, uh, a barrel-aged sap-on-tap, 10% alcohol barrel aged maple vanilla oatmeal stouts that's a lot a lot to unpack there i'm trying to see on the can where they are uh grand haven michigan so let's give it a try this is more your flavor too it's a stout like stouts and porters boy that is rich that's that's one way to put it feels like you could chew on it right it is. Like that's, you should be eating it with a spoon. That's a thick one there. <laughs> that's uh, that's, it's like more like an alcoholic soup is what that is. It'll fill you up for dinner. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if that's for me, but you know, this episode we wanted to kind of reach, you know, the the third stage, and maybe there's a fourth stage at some point of that entrepreneurial's entrepreneur's pathway, a career, right? You know, mm-hmm. you struggle, you scrape. You finally succeed and you learn to delegate. But then there's another level at which, well, two components here that we're going to talk about. That next level where now it's really the delegating is delegated yes. and, and you're doing what you want to do. But then the dynamics of working in a family business, because I think for us, that is uh, we have unique experience, but we're not the only family business out there. That's right. So That's right. I guess. You know, this third phase, you know, years 20 to 32 is kind of what we're in. And we threw a wrench in your plan and somewhere around 20, around year 30, and kind of restructured the business. But what has been, I guess, some of the biggest takeaways on this, this third leg of the career? Well, I guess one of the biggest uh, changes is, uh, you know, when Brandon was in college, mm-hmm. which is uh, my oldest son, he... Um, Wanted an intern, so we interned for two years with us. Mm-hmm. And when he interned for two years, you know, we talk about the family business and that transaction. That yeah. would have put us around year 20. And uh, once he graduated, uh, we had a long conversation, and he decided he wanted to, you know, come into business. And so the other thing is, is you know, I learned this from a family business perspective because I don't know if you remember this or not, but probably around year 10 or 12, I needed a staff person, and you guys were able to take care of yourselves at that point. So I had uh, Tina or Mom, however you want to look at it, yeah, you know, come in and uh, you know be my assistant for a while. It did not work out well. I remember. I don't remember how it worked, but I remember getting in trouble a lot because I was calling. If we called the office and said, you know, Brandon pushed me, we get in trouble for <laughs> stuff like that. Is anybody bleeding or dying? We <laughs> we could not change the fact that. You know, when you're at the office, it's not husband and wife anymore. It is, okay, I'm delegating kind yeah. of thing. And uh, then then you turn it off when you get home and your husband and wife, again, as a shared partnership. Mom's sassy, so yeah. Uh, you know she's going to see this. Episode. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> she, she... But um, anyway, so that part didn't work, right? But 
she really didn't want to be my assistant. I kind of convinced her to do it, which yeah. is not, you know, when you're shorthanded, probably not the best thing to do. Brandon and all of you have chosen on your own to come in this business or profession. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first and most crucial thing is uh, you, you obviously can't force kids and family members to do it. It's got to be something that's what they want to do. That's their passion and that's their desire. And they got to be good at it. Yes. I mean, obviously. And that's that falls on the parent because if they're not good at it, you got to tell them. You, you, you do because it, the other people that are not family members around notice that and all of a sudden it becomes a frustration and it, it's almost uh, probably not the best term but it's almost like a cancer yeah right if, if you think about this if you have 23 people in your office or 24 you're running an operation and one or two of them have a negative attitude that negative attitude funnels down to everybody it yeah. spreads you know somebody's not pulling their, their weight that spreads too you just can't have that you know yeah. the attitude and the work ethic yep. and those particular pieces well, I guess why we're on family, and, and at one point that I kind of want to maybe uh, zero in on for a minute is the being good at it thing, because every you know uh, mm -hmm. that that that's tough. I could see for the head of a family business is, for example, my brother is a Brandon is a phenomenal financial advisor. I mean, he's really good at his job, um, but he would probably be the single worst person you could hire to do Brittany's job, you know, of hiring, firing, and managing people just because you can't put people in an spreadsheet, Excel yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah, and he's, anal he's analytical, and that's just his mind. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, so they got to be good at it. I guess while we're on the family component side of things, talk about our boundaries as a family when it comes to family business versus uh, home life and family dinners and things like that. Well, I think the first thing, uh, what, what are you laughing at? I, I, just because I'm having a beer and having a good time. Just, I, um, see, I, hear I guess the response. first thing is everybody has to get along, right? It doesn't work if there's not a wild card and there's not respect for each other. And if you got to have that respect and, and, and everybody has to be one in a business and have to look at it as a career, um, I just think that we are so blessed because, you know, we can work together all day and yet we're still two, three days a week doing something right over at the house or going to dinner yeah. or doing something like that. And, um, you know, you can count one or two times that there's probably been, um, uh, disagreements at the office that, um, were, were a little amongst bit family, you know, uh, amongst family that was a little bit emotional, uh, but considering that, um, you know, we worked together for 12 years, it's, that's pretty minute. Uh, I would say that those disagreements and that that were dead end up being a little bit pouring out and emotional, because even though I think we work phenomenal together, this is going to happen with anybody, uh, is about people staying in their lanes. You know, yeah. Brandon and I uh, dipping into Brittany's lane or vice versa, or, or, or you trying to maybe at a few times have too a little too much control on hiring and firing which you needed to give up because you were really bad at it yeah, yeah. you know sure yeah sure. which is all that's all um it's only it's only natural that happens right is you're not going to agree with your co-workers 100 percent of the time yeah but the other aspect that comes into pay is it's the the non-family members that are part of your group team team group that many times become part I mean, of the our family. team, but not yeah. everybody calls it a team, right? <laughs> but if you have family members there, you everybody has to be treated exactly the same. You yes. cannot say, "Okay, well, this is my son," 
Yep. So therefore, we're going to do this, this, and this. But then another advisor, you don't do the same thing. You know, honestly, uh, anybody that is part of our team is, is family, right? There is a deep compassion for them to be successful, for them to be happy. And if they're family, then there's issues going on health-wise or whatever. But everybody pitches in to, to, to support that particular person yeah. so that everybody's part of the family, not just the family. Because you won't run a successful uh, family business if family is family and everybody else is an outcast. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely. And then, you know, I think the two – the two biggest things are the equality there, but then staying in lanes and respecting yes. each other. But the when it comes to, I guess, the boundaries, we haven't really had any. And we haven't had any problems as a result of that. We talk often about business and strategy and, and goals during family dinners. Yep. And I'll be, we'll be playing a, uh, a bottle bash, which is a Frisbee game. And my brother and I will be teams. And my sister and brother-in-law will be on their side. We'll be talking work. And that hasn't been a problem for us. But I've talked to other family businesses that say they have strict rules around that. And I guess I, I guess it just depends. Well, I think if if the family businesses, a lot of times what the discussions we have are exciting things, right? Yeah. The expansion that we've had, uh, what what's the next thing? And so it's exciting and people get excited about it. If it turns out to be negative things, you cannot talk about negative issues that were, happened at work on a family venue or personal venue, right? If there's a, yeah. if there's a problem, you, that can't be discussed at the family dinner table. But if there's an expansion and a a positive note that's different right? I get, yeah that's a good point because i didn't really think about that is is there hasn't been enough disagreements and and bad things over the years f- to pour over into family that's engagements right. but when you're excited about something you would talk i mean it, whether you work with your your brother your sister your dad you would talk about your if you're excited about work. If you just got a promotion or or you just got a raise or you're responsible of this new project, you're going to tell them about it at a family dinner. So Whether it should were, be no different in right. a family business. That material, yeah, exactly right? right. But if something, uh, uh, you know, I think that's probably where other. Uh, Teams may get in trouble. Their families is there's there's turmoil at work, and then you try to shut that off at six o'clock for dinner, and you're having dinner together, and you bring that turmoil up again. It doesn't help. That doesn't work, and that's where I think when everybody's got to get along, everybody's got to understand their lane. That's where then you can you can have looser boundaries yes. about the work family dynamic. I'm I'm just realizing some of this as myself as I get why so many families have rule family businesses have rules about it because there's problems there's problems you're going to have to create those rules if there's no problems you don't have to create those rules right well I, unfortunately the other thing is you know i'm blessed you guys all work very hard and all are very good at what they actually what you do and how you do it and uh i can imagine a family business where you maybe have two or three of your children in there or other family members and one is dead weight you got a no. black sheep, yeah. You got a black sheep of the family, and with that black sheep of the family, you know it's making everybody's life miserable. At that particular point, the black sheep's got to go. I got to call. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's tough. who wants to make that call? Yeah, that's tough, but it makes a point. I got to talk about this beer for a minute because I'm having a hard time drinking. <laughs> it's not that it's bad; it's just not my. It's it's coffee and it's coffee and maple. 
that's all it is. Yeah, it's it's got uh, like you said, you could probably chew it. Um, I mean, if you like that type of thing, um, you probably would like this beer. Uh, I like porters more along that line, or black and tan Guinness more yeah. with something lighter. But uh, this is a little too heavy. Yeah, I, uh, I chose poorly. I tried. He dad doesn't like IPAs, and you guys know I do. So I tried to get something he would like, and I chose poorly. But I digress. That was the point. I wouldn't come on the show if you put, uh, <laughs> you know, a hoppy beer in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, when he, when I showed him this he, uh, before we started recording, he's like, "Can we just go get a glass of bourbon out of the cabinet?" <laughs> it's prosperity by the pint, not the uh, not the bottle. So, anyways, <laughs> I digress. We, we we covered the family business point of phase, you know, kind of three. We haven't talked much about how this stage of your career is a lot different as an entrepreneur. Yes, it why is. you have so many different levels. So, I guess. Just talk about that a little bit, and 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 uh, and and what that experience has been like in adjusting to that. Because there's been times you've not liked it, uh, and there's been times you've loved it. Right. I mean, it's obviously a, a transition. Uh, we made some major changes three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, uh, difficult, uh, but frankly, uh, the right choice. And sometimes when changes are made. Um, it's it's hard to get accustomed to those changes to a certain extent. Yeah, I think I, I've definitely now uh, um, the past year or so got very accustomed to the changes and the things that doing and whatever what it allows to me at this stage of my career, I want to sit in front of clients and manage money. Yeah, I don't want all any outside <clears throat> distractions, and I'm blessed because we have people that a lot you know we've been able to delegate to and have a certain responsibility and we're, you know the advising team that we have right now and the, and the uh, administration staff and marketing, you know that's what I do, and so if that's all I have to do, I can be focus on that and be very good at it. And it's, it becomes much more enjoyable than um, having the outside distractions. And so the stage that I'm at now, and then the other thing is I can, used to be, 10, 15 years ago, i take a week off vacation, and I'd come back and it would take me forever to get caught up. Yeah. Because I didn't have good advisors around me. And, you know, now that that there's seven other advisors and everybody is qualified and been around a long time, you know, if I take a week off on a vacation, I know every one of my clients are taken care of. Somebody is going to step in there and, and guide a client for whatever emergency or situation that came up. And it really is. This is why. That when I was 25, I started this business, and at 30, I was working 80 hours a week, and at 35, I was doing the same thing, et cetera, is to get to this point in life, and this is what success is supposed to be. Pick your times. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a couple things that I wanted you to share, like just stories on for people to attain, attain for. And the first thing would be kind of on some of the day-to-day stuff of examples of things that we, you and we are doing. So, you know, uh, yesterday or two days ago, we we're making some new videos for our website. Yes. And so uh, talk about that and how much input you had on what we were doing before you showed up and it was scheduled on your calendar. Uh, the input that I had was absolutely zero. Uh, basically, uh, it was blocked out on my calendar. I had filming, and so uh, Allie and Brittany show up in my office at that particular time and uh, sit down and, okay, these are the topics we're going to go through, and we, we filmed it. It's as simple as that, and that's the way that I want it, right? I don't need to be – I don't – I don't want to ever micromanage anybody. I mean, that's what you, you just, you know, cut, 
creativity and all the things yeah. that people have an ability to do, if you try to micromanage, okay, you did this wrong, you did this right, you know what? I know nothing about filming. I know nothing about marketing. That's not my area. And so... Well, and, and I mean, I think you, uh, by accident, had some marketing people over the years, but not like we do now. No, no. I mean, we have a division, and you showed up, and we're going to have new bio videos in a matter mm-hmm. of weeks on the website, and 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 you, it, the equipment's bought, and the filming's done, the in-house editing's underway. And it, yeah, and it, I mean, it's the same thing with the cash flow out of the marketing, right? I have, I have zero. I mean, Brittany, in our annual plan, we set up a budget, and this is what they have, and I have no clue what they spend it on, and that's okay because I trust them. I don't have to, yeah. to say, they don't have to come to me and authorize, okay, we spent $2,000 on this. I, you know, Just get it done. Just get it done. It's clear. It's working. So it, <laughs> just, it, just get it. it done. And so that is totally different than you would 10 or 15 years ago where you're, you know, okay, what are we spending on this? And what are we looking at doing? I don't, it doesn't matter. I've got good people around me. Right. When you used to have to do with, with outside sources help, do a lot of the investment research yourself as well and, and working on that. And now, you know, I'm thinking to our investment committee meetings, if you maybe want to talk about what, what that looked like the last time around and, and how you and I have preliminary meetings and then uh, and then we go into it and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, developing research assistance. Yeah, so we're able to then delegate those particular pieces to our different advisors. Okay, you're responsible and doing research on, you know, maybe this particular bond or this particular stock or, you know, the ETF or mutual funds and how we want to position those in, in there. And so it's not all on my shoulders, right? It's delegated out. Everybody has a particular piece. And then everybody presents their piece and we vote on whether we want to make this adjustment or we want to put it on a list for the next month or however right. you want to do that and so you you've got the um the the resources of of uh, multiple people and all with advanced degrees to be able to give the input on that and yeah. everybody can pick up a call and call you know whatever um investment firm we work with and gather the data and uh, you know it's uh it's a beautiful thing when you don't feel like you know, I still, I don't care what level, I still feel like I'm responsible for my family. I'm still responsible for my employees, you know, 23, 24 people that we have right now. You know, I, I just feel like they're all under my wing. But, and that'll never go away. Just like once you're a parent, you're always a parent. But on the other side of that is you know that they're good, they're qualified, and they're going to do the right thing. So therefore, you don't have to look over their shoulders. Right. The last thing that I wanted to touch on, <clears throat> there is actually a uh, there's a saying in almost every culture that is somewhat similar to the effect of shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in two generations or three generations, mm-hmm. or rice paddy to rice paddy in three generations. This is actually that was actually a, it's actually an Asian proverb. And if you're not filling in the gaps, what it means is that a lot of times is the first generation builds success and and wealth to a degree, Mm -hmm. whatever that degree is. And the second generation fosters it and the third generation blows it. And so shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. And so I would consider that you were the breaking out generation of getting the family to, to a level of success and comfort to not that we're, we're obnoxiously wealthy or anything like that, but consider ourselves doing above average and working above average as well. But, my one of my fears is that my kids won't have the same work ethic that I do that mm-hmm. I was instilled into me. Yep. And so you I, remember how you got that? 
Well, yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, so many, many times. Your, well, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that was uh, rhetorical so, or not. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I believe that that is one of the most overlooked pieces. You know, we we all want our kids and grandkids to have a better life than what we have. We all do, right? I mean, there's something wrong with you if you don't. And with that, you cannot spoon feed them right when they're old enough to pick weeds out of the of the garden or the flower beds they need to pick weeds and they need to you know whatever make an allowance or uh, whatever that happens to be and they need to you know do chores we had a lot of property you guys were planting trees you were doing different things and um there wasn't any whining about it you're going to do that now it did get to a point in high school, you know, like uh, when you guys were involved in sports. I didn't expect you to go to school, then go do sports, and then go work. You know, if you were doing sports, that's fine. You no. committed to do that. There was you an do expected that. work ethic with a, those sports as well. Right. Once though. you once you joined a team, you would not quit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you whether you like it or not, you finish the season. But ultimately, I think where uh, people fall short in that generational thing is you want, you love your kids mm-hmm. and you want them to have a better life than you had. And, but you think of the, 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 some of those works you hated at the point, but don't you think that made you who you are oh, today? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the thing is that <clears throat> there's, so there, there's an analogy out there is that a, a, a butterfly comes out of its cocoon right and you start to if you have a butterfly and starting to come out of its cocoon and you very gently start to peel away the cocoon and you're just helping the butterfly get out you're just helping it get out the butterfly will actually die because it needs the the trials and tribulations the strength of opening that cocoon to for its wings to build the strength in order to carry it on its migration and that's a that's a scientific perfect that is absolutely perfect and so for that succession to continue from you know founder to the first generation to the second generation and the third generation has to be done instilled with you know honesty and ethic ethics work agreed ethic, yeah but then that work ethic is it falls right in there because it doesn't matter if you're honest and ethical if you don't work it's not going to happen yeah well and that's this is where, you know, throughout my career and, and you know, my secondary education and third, third education is that wealth in a family is not just the money or the assets that you transfer. There's also Absolutely. transitional wealth. And the transitional wealth is the family traditions, the family stories, the family values, and the family work ethic. Here, and here. that is just as much important as making sure that we have an effective tax strategy. Yes. Right? And so those family traditions, stories, uh, uh, work ethics, uh, work ethic and values are just as important. Absolutely. So that's something I think. More important. More important. Uh, and we have the benefit of seeing it play out, not with our family. Yeah, see, alone, the grandkids but, won't ever see the struggles of the you know, the, the yeah. first uh, episode that we did and all those, they won't see you guys remember that. Yeah. I think that's part of the whole situation. Yeah. Now they have a better start in life than what we did yep. and better than what you did. And that continues and they, they need to, to, to realize those roots. Well, and that, that's where it's in, it's super important to not forget that. And, and too many people, too many businesses, too many times mm-hmm. of success, 
That's why there's a tradition or saying in almost every culture, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves, rice paddy to rice paddy. And so uh, I think that's uh, as good of a place of any to leave this week's episode. Work ethic, work ethic. Work ethic, there you go. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and also, special announcement, we got the new Prosperity by the Pine hats, camo in the front, America in the back. Reach out to me if you want one on Facebook Messenger. Uh, I don't have that many. I'm going to give away a few. I'm going to sell a few more. Um, But let us know if you want one. Like and subscribe. Cheers. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.